and I'm not really changing. I'm not really growing. I'm not learning. I feel stuck. And it can feel like this massive hill to climb to make any changes or to get to know yourself or to get to like yourself. Happy Monday if you're listening to today's episode in real time. I hope that you've had a really nice weekend, whatever it is you got up to. We've had a big weekend here. I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon. So last night was a late night. And for those of you who do follow along over on Instagram, you will likely know that my partner uh, had a fight this weekend, a professional, amateur, like organized fight, not a fight in a pub or anything like that. It's an MMA thing. It's his passion. He loves it. And he has wanted to fight with this promotion, Eternal, for a really long time. So it was a massive, massive, massive accomplishment for him to secure the fight and get up into that cage thing and have a really, really great crack at it. I don't understand a lot of it. I don't understand the psychology surrounding the sport. I don't understand the psychology surrounding watching the sport, but I do support uh, my partner, of course, and it's his thing and he loves it. And he did do really, really well uh, from what I understand. As I said, my understanding of the technical side is pretty limited, but he did well. And I think it takes a lot of courage to get up there and have a go. So he is a little bit sore today but in good spirits. But last night was a late night, so I feel a little bit dusty. And I was saying to him this morning, I feel like I have this cutoff and it's 11 p.m. If I happen to be awake past 11 p.m., that is it. My sleep that night is so bad. I toss and turn and I barely sleep and I wake up super early. I've known this for years now, so I get like a little anxious around 11 p.m. And it's probably one of those self-fulfilling prophecies, right? I tell tell myself, if I'm not asleep before 11, I'm not going to sleep well. And so then I manifest it and that is what happens. But anyway, we've had a really nice day. We've been for a walk along the beach and had a really lovely, I guess you'd say brunch. Um, And I'm going to spend the afternoon getting organized for the week ahead. It really makes me feel so happy and so much calmer when I can just spend a good half an hour to an hour, so not a great deal of time, but a little slither of time on a Sunday getting myself sorted. So I'll get I was going to say pen to paper, but it's whiteboard marker to whiteboard because I am the biggest whiteboard hoarder. Where I'm sat now in my office, I can see four whiteboards, but honestly, it helps my ADHD brain to be so much more organized. So if you are finding it hard to remember things or you're just feeling overwhelmed with the mental load of everything you are managing, get yourself a variety of whiteboards and segment, segment things out. So I'll write out what podcast interviews I have coming up this week. At the end of the week, I have a guest scheduled that I am so nervous to interview. You know that saying, like, you should never meet your heroes? I'm just hoping that that saying isn't true because this is someone who I admire so, so, so much. Um, 
I definitely do not feel intelligent enough to have a conversation with this woman. I'm nervous to speak to her, but I am in awe of her. And I think she has so much to teach us. So I really, really want to have her on the podcast, but I do feel like it's stretching my ability a little bit. But that's what I want to do with this podcast, right? With the I Am podcast, like I am nervous. I am experiencing imposter syndrome, but I am going to choose growth over comfort. That's something I try to pride myself on. Like if I'm at a fork in the road and it's like comfort or growth, choose growth, choose being a little bit stretched. So that's what's happening. Fingers crossed. So I'll t- like get a whiteboard and they're quite large whiteboards really. And I'll write down the episodes that I have scheduled for the week and what I need to do to be organized for that episode. I will then go through and write out my workouts, if not for the whole week, at least for the first half of the week. And I tailor what I write out depending on my work week and also the custody rotation with the boys because on the days I have the boys, I will work out a little bit less and yada, yada, yada. And then just life admin stuff, you know, just a whiteboard to like brain dump everything that I'm thinking about that I know needs to take, like be taken care of this week so that I can go through and tick it off. I also have a whiteboard, again, whiteboards forever on the kitchen, um, on the fridge in the kitchen, of course. And that's a much smaller one. And that's where I write things down for the boys of a morning. One of my boys has the same ADHD as I have, inattentive type. And so I could give him three instructions but he will not get to instruction two and three easily. So it's much smoother for everyone if I have it written down somewhere that he can refer to. So, you know, even things like after you finish breakfast, guys, you have to put the dishes away, then you have to make your bed, then it's socks and shoes on, then it's pack your bags. And that just makes the morning flow so much more easily. So I'll do that as well. It sounds like a lot of life admin, I guess, when you think about sitting down and writing those whiteboards, but it really does make a difference to how I function. And if I'm functioning well, then I feel like that's a flow on effect for everyone else, everyone else in the household. So what else? I'm really grateful for everyone who has slid into my DMs and shared some really positive feedback with me about the new branding and also about the most recent episode. If you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, press pause right now. You can come back here later, but go and have a listen to my conversation with Melissa Brown. I think it is one of my most favorite podcast episodes I've ever been fortunate enough to record. We chat about money, and I know that the topic of money can make you feel uncomfortable. It can be one of those things that you just want to look away from and not deal with, put your blinders on, or maybe you have really strong, firm beliefs about money. My conversation with Mel... I think is one that everyone needs to have a listen to, not because of anything that I bring to the table, but because of the way Mel shares factual information through a very empathetic lens and it's very digestible and it's stuff that we as women need to understand and more than understand, it's stuff that we have to action. So please go and have a listen to that episode and share it with another woman in your life. Um, 
I can't stress enough that it's definitely worth the time. Even if you skip the first like 10 minutes of me having a bit of a chat in that podcast, that intro, have a listen to what Mel has to say. I promise you will not regret it. She goes into talking about money types, like your archetype, and how if you understand what your archetype is, you can then begin to understand the people in your life better as well, and that can improve your relationships too. So it's a really... um, I guess, relationship-centered way of looking at money in some, some areas of that conversation, but you'll see what I mean when you press play. So as you would have seen, the new cover is live, the new intro track is live, it's all rolling out nicely. I'm still yet to be able to change my name over on Instagram, but fingers crossed it will happen. I just can't seem to find a way to do it. And there are other influencers who have managed to do it, but everyone is so coy and there's so much gatekeeping and I do not understand. So I promise you, if I figure out how to do this, I will tell you. I've had people slide in and say, oh, this is how you do it and that's how you do it. But I'm not like meta verified at this point. I didn't pay to have my verification. It's one of the original ones. And I know it sounds so silly, but I really do want to be able to change that username. Speaking of usernames, I am sure that I've said in the past, I'll never go on TikTok because that platform makes me feel anxious. It's always been a platform that I open, like I've opened TikTok in the past, just the app. And I'm like, whoa, I feel absolutely bombarded by the amount of stuff that is there. But I'm now getting my head around it and I have been using TikTok and I've been enjoying it. I think I've been enjoying it because when you don't have a following somewhere, you really can just put anything out there and it doesn't matter. Like you just put it out there and it's been a really nice, I don't know, like, I don't want to say creative, but just nice to put videos up that don't matter or that there's little thought behind because I'm just practicing using the platform. So if you do have TikTok, jump on over and you can follow me at Kylie Lately. Also, our website is up, kylielately.com. And if you are open to it and you wouldn't mind receiving the odd text message from yours truly, you can pop your mobile phone number in. I promise I'm not going to spam you. If I text you, it will actually be a text message coming from me. It's something that I will sit down and type with my own thumbs and I will send to you. And I promise to only send you a text message if I feel like it's going to be worth your while in receiving it. I'm not going to spam you because I know how many notifications the average person gets. So I will pop a link in the show notes where you can dart on over, have a look at the website. I think I think that our graphic designer, Georgia, has just done the most beautiful job and I really, really like the website. It feels, I don't know, like it just feels very authentic to where I'm at at the moment. So that's kylielately.com. Sign up for text messages and I promise I will not annoy you, but I will just text you when I have something interesting to say. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey 
Last but not least, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share with you that lately over dinner, the boys and I and Brendan, we've been using like conversation cards to just have different conversations at dinner time. And the reason we've started doing this is because one of the boys, as many of you will likely know, one of the boys is obsessed for Dungeons and Dragons and it is next level. And then his brother is not, it's not equally, but he like his brother is very interested in talking about video games. And these are both topics that I will talk to the boys with. We will listen, we will nod along, we will do our best to pay the entry fee into their world and engage with them. But you get to your limit, right? So say you've had like four hours of them talking incessantly at you about these topics and you've done as many uh uh-huh and asked as many questions as you possibly can and you just get to your limit and you're like, oh, we need to talk about something else. So one of the other mums who has a son who's very into Dungeons and Dragons, she said to me that she actually banned Dungeons and Dragons conversation at dinner time. And I was like, oh my gosh we can do that. I'm a mum. I can do that. And so I haven't gone to the extreme, like we're banning it, but I'm making a concerted effort to direct the conversation towards things that we can all enjoy and that don't feel like they're draining our soul. So we've been using conversation cards and it's really interesting. It really does open up a whole variety of different questions and topics that flow on. And one of the question cards asked the question, If there was one movie that you think absolutely everybody needs to watch, what would that be? And both of the boys said the movie Wonder. So I wanted to share that recommendation with you because I know some listeners will have children around the same age as my boys, and maybe you've already seen the movie Wonder. It's not a recent movie. I don't know what year it came out in, but it is a couple of years old. It has uh, Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson in it. And it's about a little boy who was born uh, with facial differences. And it's a very heartwarming and heart-wrenching at times movie, but it is age appropriate and it's really impacted my boys. And when one of the boys said, oh, you know, wonder, and then his brother said, yeah, wonder. And we had this big conversation about what it means to be a good friend and peer pressure and bullying and getting judged for how we look. And it just reminded me that I wanted to recommend that as a family movie to watch if you do have children in primary school particularly. It can just open up the dialogue surrounding facial differences um, and so many other different topics as well. So that's a bit of a recommendation for you. And without further uh, preamble from me, let's get into today's episode. Today's podcast episode is a personal development episode on the topic of sex. This is an episode for those of you who really love to reflect on why you are the way you are. And I know that you know I'm very much like that. I'm always so curious as to why I feel or think about certain things in a particular way. So this episode, you are going to be given six different prompts to really encourage you to get reflective. Now, there is no like one way to be reflective. For some of you, it will mean you listen to each prompt, then you press pause and you sit down and you write that title and you do some free writing. 
For other people, you might press pause as you're driving along or you're out and about and allow yourself a few minutes to really think on it. For other people, and this is probably the way that I would do it, I would listen to the whole episode and just see what kind of comes up for me. And then at a quieter time, I would come back to it and write these six questions down for myself and maybe stagger it over the space of a few days so that I can really give um, an adequate amount of time and thought to each of these prompts. It's nice if you can sit down and do it all in one go for sure, but I also know that that is a real luxury that not many of us have. Whereas I think if I was to get the most out of this episode, the way I would do it is, yeah, listen to the full thing and then reflect on these prompts, like one prompt per day or every couple of days, that sort of thing. These can be great conversation starters as well, but I would encourage you to actually just keep them to yourself for a bit rather than going, oh, that was interesting. And, you know, I had one or two things come up for me and now I'm going to go and use this as a conversation starter. Really think and feel deeply about these prompts. One of the questions I am asked like most often is about inciting change. How do I make changes in my habits and my beliefs? How do I grow? How do I break old patterns? And I think the first place to start is with being curious and bringing a level of attention and awareness to different areas in our life. We can't make any changes. We can't break any patterns unless we are aware of what is happening below the surface. So this is just an episode for you to reflect on. So when it comes to sex, when you think about sex, what beliefs do you have? So beliefs could be to do with religious or cultural influences or your upbringing. Your beliefs around sex could be, and they will likely be informed as well, from pop culture, like what sort of things you saw in movies or TV shows as you were growing up, you know, during your formative years. What messages did you absorb from movies, TV shows, even from magazines? If you're in a similar age bracket to me, you will remember walking into any newsagent, any grocery store, and seeing magazines with headlines like, um, you know, how to be sexy from the office to the bar, how to give the best blow job, all of that sort of stuff. What beliefs do you have from your upbringing? When I was reflecting on this, I recalled a moment at school when we were um, having a sex education lesson and there was an animation that was shown to us and it was really focused on being a virgin. And in this animation, one of the female characters, cartoon characters, had already had sex and then there was a virgin who hadn't, obviously, by virtue of being a virgin. And the uh, character that had sex was kind of giving the other one a bit of a hard time, you know, like saying, oh, you're a prude and you need to loosen up and all of that sort of stuff and have some fun and really going hard on how awful it was that she was still a virgin and trying to make her feel less than. And this virginal caricature then replied saying, at any time I want, I can get to where you are but you can never get back to where I am. 
And that really stuck with me. And it started to form this belief that once you have sex, you cross this line where you can never return. Like you can never go back to being innocent and pure and um, have your virginity intact, which of course is true. Like once you have sex, you're no longer a virgin. But the whole tone of this animation that I remember being presented with was very much like, oh, you are so much better if you don't cross that line. And now I didn't go to a religious school. I have always had um, public schooling, state schooling. There really wasn't a, a lot of um, a religious undertone to that animation. But what I took away from it, and it was just the way it was presented and all the other things was, yeah, I shouldn't cross that line without giving it serious consideration because once you do it, it's irreversible. And so then I kind of had this pressure that, you know, once I would cross that line, I would feel so ready and so good about it and all of the things. And so that was a belief that I held on to um, growing up and it informed a lot of my decisions. And it's something that I've reflected on now about how we put so much pressure on girls especially, or we did back when I was at school, to, you know, really make losing your virginity so special and so meaningful and that if you did that, you were somehow better than someone who didn't. And I think that's a really interesting thing to kind of think about. So that's something that impacted my belief system. You will also likely have memories from conversations with friends or if you were exposed to porn at all during your childhood, definitely through your adolescence. What are the things, um, you know, beliefs or even just words that you hold synonymous with sex? So even if you just write down sex and start just spewing out the words that come up for you. You might have things like shame or um, embarrassment, all of that sort of stuff pop up for you. But don't be afraid to also list any positive associations that come up for you as well. Like if you feel like, oh, okay, the word sex for me, that brings up sex as fun. I have a right to have safe sex. But give yourself like a pause to really think about the beliefs that you hold deep down. And once you write them down, that means you then can go a level deeper and interrogate them lovingly. Like, where did they come from? Like, so for me, a belief could have been that being a virgin was better than not being a virgin. And so when I go a little bit deeper, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, there was that animation that I watched. There were all the movies that I watched that talked about what a big deal it was to have sex for the first time and how if you'd had sex with multiple partners when you were younger, that made you less valuable. Have a real think about where did these beliefs come from. Are there defining moments that you can remember throughout your upbringing, whether it influenced you in a positive or negative way? Just have a think or how many defining moments or interactions shaped the way you think and feel about sex. I can remember very clearly sitting down and watching a movie with my two sisters and my parents. I was young. I want to say maybe primary school aged, 
maybe early high school, um, but we must have been watching a DVD or a video because there was the ability to fast forward. But it was one of those movies that kind of had everything in it. You know, the typical cheesy action ones. I don't remember the specific movie, but there were like violent scenes, like fighting scenes. But then, of course, there was the sex scenes that would happen that weren't full-on sex scenes, but it was like two bodies moving under a blanket and leg shots and sweating and panting and all of that stuff. And I can remember how uncomfortable that would feel at times when you're watching scenes like that with your family particularly when you're old enough to kind of know what's going on, but there's like this awkward silence where everyone's just waiting for that scene to pass. And I remember so clearly my dad picking up the remote control and fast forwarding, like skipping through one of those sex scenes. And my mum saying, no, 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 no. If the girls can sit here and watch a violent fighting scene, the girls can sit here and also watch a sex scene. And just for me, that was such a um impactful moment of like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with with sex and we don't have to feel uncomfortable and really we should probably be much more uncomfortable with a fighting scene. So why is it that we all feel this kind of like awkwardness and shame over being in a room together while that's happening? And of course, like there are all sorts of levels to unpack there, but I just remember that being a really defining moment for the way that I thought about sex. And that has impacted how open I am to other things. And it's definitely impacted the way I talk about sex with my kids. And that was such a small interaction, but just going like, oh yeah, if we take the um, mystery away and the shame away, we can all have conversations about sex in a much more positive and helpful manner. So that's the first prompt. I want you to really, really think about this. What are the beliefs that you have about sex? Where did they come from? Are they religious? Are they cultural, pop culture, exchanges that you've had with kids at school, all of that sort of stuff? And how do they inform your belief system now as an adult? Next up, number two. How would you like to feel about sex? If you could just click your fingers, how would you like to feel about it? What would your dream beliefs about sex actually be? Just write down whatever comes up for you. So you could automatically think like, oh, I wish that I was so sexually liberated that I could do X, Y, Z. Or I wish that when I thought about the word sex, I felt really safe or straight away my brain goes to, oh, sex is fun and good for me and it builds a strong, healthy connection. Like what is the belief that you actually dream you could have? If you had that dream upbringing where you came out completely unscathed, which is impossible, no one has that, but what would that belief system look like? Once you've written down those beliefs, or it could just be one belief for you, I would then encourage you to go a step deeper, always go a, always go that next step, and ask yourself, how could you go about building that belief now as the version that you are today? One of my all-time favorite quotes is along the lines of, to build confidence, we need evidence, and to build evidence, 
we need to take action. That just applies to so many areas in life, right? If you're feeling like you are lacking confidence when it comes to dating, you have to build evidence that you can actually go out and date. And you can't build that evidence by sitting at home not doing the thing. You have to actually get better at going and doing the thing, going on that date, saying yes. It's the same with our belief system around sex. If you wish that you could have a belief system about sex being safe and good for you, that's the belief. But what are the actions you could take? You could educate yourself. You could learn more, empower yourself. You could seek out role models as well. I think having role models that really display the beliefs you want to have is so valuable, particularly if we kind of keep in mind that... um, very old, but I think true expression of we become the average of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. If you're spending time with people who are more associated with your older beliefs, it's harder to break free. Whereas if you up level, and that doesn't mean to say like get rid of the people you're spending time with, but if you intentionally up level some of the people you spend time with, and this can be done through reading books, watching videos, listening to podcasts, all of that sort of stuff, going to therapy, going to actual real-life in-person meetups, but really seeking out people that hold the beliefs or that you um, you interpret them to hold those beliefs, Go and spend time with them or listen to them via their podcasts, watch their videos, that sort of stuff. Strengthen the evidence that you have so that you can build out that belief to be true for yourself. Number three, what sort of aftercare do you value when it comes to sex? So with this prompt, you might be listening to that and be like, aftercare, Kylie, I've been with my partner for a decade like we just have sex and get on with our life. It's not about the aftercare. You might think that is inherently linked to a new relationship, but it's not. I want you to ask yourself, what aftercare do you value when it comes to sex? And what I mean by aftercare is, do you like to be held? Do you like to lay there in the moment? I know for some people you can it can feel so um, painful if straight after sex, the person you've been with gets straight up and gets in the shower when all you really want is like that five to 10 minute lie there, like really just taking it all in. It can feel painful and they might not even be aware that that's what you want. You might not even be aware that that's what you want. So what is it that feels good for you after you've had sex? Do you like your partner to have a bit of a check-in with you the next day, you know, like, or just a reference to the experiences that you've had? Do you like to have a conversation and a bit of a debrief after sex? And that doesn't mean that you have sex, then you have this big intellectual um, conversation about everything that happened. But you might really like for your partner to say to you, hey, what did you enjoy about that? Or to let you know what they enjoyed as well. I know that it seems more relevant in a new relationship, but I think in a long-term relationship as well, often you just fall into this habitual pattern 
It's like, okay, we're going to have sex and we're going to go through the same motions. These are the things we do. I know what you like. I know what gets you off. I know what gets me off. Let's, you know, get through those motions and then we move on to the next part of the day or the evening. But what is it that you would value at this point, this version of yourself as aftercare? What comes up for you? And is it something that you need to communicate with your partner as well? Number four, how do you feel about your vulva? I'm making the presumption that a lot of my listeners are females, um, but just genitalia in general. But for my female listeners, how do you feel about your vulva? What stories or beliefs do you have? And I know that you've got some. 
So what beliefs come up for you? I can even remember just saying that out loud. I can remember a really bad joke. I don't, I don't think I'll repeat it here, but it was a joke that was told at high school and it just made me think like, oh my gosh, after sex, your vulva, and at that time everyone just called it a vagina, but like your vagina would just look really bad. So I always thought, oh, like after I have sex with someone, I'm going to look really bad. It's funny, isn't it? The things that you just latch onto with your juvenile, your immature brains and the information that you have at hand. And then it really does inform the way that you act and think and feel about your body. So I want to ask you, how do you feel now? Once you've listed out those beliefs and those stories that you've held on to, or maybe you've let them go, but they're still there, you know, they're still in the zeitgeist floating around. How do you actually feel now? Have you in fact let go of those beliefs or are you still holding on to them tightly? Much like my point earlier about building evidence, it's important that we do strengthen the connection and appreciation that we have for our body in general and our different body parts, our sex organs, the parts of our body that can bring us so much pleasure and do so much for us, we shouldn't have so much shame about them. So how do you feel now? Do you need to educate yourself? Are you still someone who gets like a bit squirmy when you think about looking at your vulva or understanding the different parts? Do you touch yourself? Do you admire yourself What are the things that you like about your vulva? Do you understand the anatomy of what's going on, not just on the surface, but also below the surface as well? There's so much education out there. You can read brilliant books. You can attend workshops. You can be really curious and you can absolutely get to a place where you know your body really, really well and you appreciate what you see and how you feel and really like yourself. Which again, I guess that's like the next natural kind of extension of this prompt is, how would you like to feel about your vulva and how would you like to feel about your body in general? Do you need to work on the appreciation and connection that you have with your body in general? Do you need to allow yourself to be more in your body so that you really can enjoy sex more. All right, next up, number five. Can you think of three sexual experiences that you want to have? So for some people, it could be reaching an orgasm for the first time. Maybe it's um, you want your partner to talk dirty to you. Or maybe it's something a little more like, oh, you'd really love to experience um, going to a sex party or having a threesome. Maybe you really want to introduce different toys. Just have a little think. What are three sexual experiences that you want to have? And don't judge yourself. You know, you might have some really uh, wild things kind of come up for you, or you might have very vanilla stuff come up. But you don't have to share this with anyone. This is just what you want. You know, like one of the sexual experiences that you might desire is that you want to have such beautiful sex that it makes you cry. There's no um, right way to desire a sexual experience. Um, 
just what comes up for you. Number six, last but not least, what have been your personal and profound sexual moments, whether those are positive or negative? So when you think back on your sexual history, what moments have shaped you? Are there moments where you felt shame? Are there moments that you have just felt the most intense pleasure ever? Maybe it could be moments like losing your virginity or the first time you had multiple orgasms or the first time you spoke up and said, actually, that doesn't feel good or actually, I want more of this or less of that. Just have a little bit of a think about what moments come up for you and then color in the details. Like if you're like, oh yeah, losing my virginity was really profound for me, um, extend on that. Why? What did it mean to you? What did it feel like? What thoughts? What beliefs? All of that stuff. It's really tempting, like in this day and age that we live in, that we just distract ourselves all the time, right? There's always something we can do. And that's like, there's always something we can do in terms of the domestic load, in terms of work, in terms of the relationships in our life, but also in terms of it's really easy to not be self-aware or to not self-interrogate or to know and love yourself because we can just pick up our phone and scroll and get this nice little dopamine hit of looking at someone else's life and that saves us the sometimes experience of being uncomfortable of thinking about our own thoughts and feelings and memories and beliefs. But if we do this work, if we are curious about why we are the way we are, it really, really, like it really just brings this level of self-awareness and self-appreciation and intention to our own interactions. And it extends out then to the other people in our life. If you're aware of the beliefs that you have and what it is that you want. It gives you so much more empathy for everyone else just on a basic human being level. But it can just make life so much brighter and so much happier and feel like you're doing it on purpose. And I think we have all had that experience of feeling very stuck in our life and it's like, oh, you know, I'm just acting from a place of habitual um thinking and the habits that I do day in and day out and I'm not really changing, I'm not really growing, I'm not learning, I feel stuck and it can feel like this massive hill to climb to make any changes or to get to know yourself or to get to like yourself. But I think it all starts with this kind of stuff, right? It's reflecting on your experiences that have shaped you and the beliefs that you hold and then asking yourself, do you want those beliefs? And of course, it's not as simple as just being like, oh, I'll just put them down and pack them up and send them off on their merry way. But it is as simple as going, well, no, I don't actually want to feel ashamed about sex or embarrassed. I want to feel empowered. So what can I do? Oh, cool. I can start to have better conversations. I can have better thoughts. I can read better books rather than scrolling Instagram and looking at like through this little window at other people's life, I can pick up a book that's going to actually help me or I can journal and get curious. So anyway, those are six prompts for you on the topic of sex. While we are on the topic of sex, don't forget, we also have that back catalog of Venti members only episodes where we did a whole month on the topic of desire. 
So there's an episode over there with um, a sexologist where she answers questions, including topics like squirting, uncomfortable conversations. Um, there's another episode where we talk about masturbation. There's a desire meditation. If desire and sex and intimacy is really on your mind, and it should be at the end of this episode, and you want more, and you want more episodes with no ads and episodes that you just haven't heard before, come on over and become a Venti member. Like I said, we've got that whole desire month. There's so much goodness in there for you and you get access to that month plus all of our other months, the whole back catalogue there. Our Venti members get at least one bonus podcast per week, but all podcasts are completely ad-free and we call it the Venti membership because it costs the same amount as a cup of coffee per month to become a Venti member and you also get journaling prompts. Similar to the prompts that I've just read out today, um, you'll get journaling prompts each and every month as well. So if you are a personal development lover, like if this is your your kind of episode, come on over and become a venting member. The link is in the show notes. Other than that, stay tuned for part two because I do have questions that you can ask your partner when it comes to building a stronger um connection and understanding of what each other wants from sex. All right, take care and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.